Despite being crowned champion for the third time in the last race, Max Verstappen isn't letting up in the final races of the season He's as he has bossed the sprint race in Cosa today. Welcome to episode number 340 of Grid Talk. Today we're here to review the 2023 United States Grand Prix Sprint Race. My name is George Housen and joining me today we have Grid Talk co-host Owen Medford. Hello. And Phil Matthew from the Grip Strip Podcast. Hello. But before we get into the episode, it's sponsor time. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right now from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline where the game starts. And today we're going to start with the team, the driver and the team that finished last of this race. We didn't actually finish it at all. We're going to start with Aston Martin and Lance Stroll retiring with a few laps to go with brake issues. Fernando Alonso in 13th, very much unlucky for him, very much unlucky for Aston Martin on, a, on the whole this weekend, Phil. We know how much the car has dropped off. We That's not a secret at all, but this race in particular, despite bringing up grades for the car, they've just gone even further backwards. They are genuinely down there with the Alpha Tauris, the Alpha Romeos, even most of the Williams as well. It's a real drop-off in form, but sadly this result is not a surprise for them. Yeah, it hasn't been, George. We talked about it yesterday night for you guys on the qualifying, actual qualifying review and how bad that Aston Martin looks right now and nothing i know that fred wanted to change days and thought it'll be better and no it wasn't right now mclaren is looking very good to overtake them in the constructors championship and fernando alonso could lose third in the we have to start looking at him not having his driver's championship position because they're so far off strolls had a bad hasn't had anything going for him the whole weekend but then it's lane stroll and it's probably karma for what he did at Qatar. Um, who knows what they're going to get out of this race. The brake problems they're having is a pretty severe issue. First to three races, if they're going to have these problems now, are they really going to have a solution to them while they're still out on the road in flyaway races for two other races is a, a question. But yeah, if you're a Fernando Alonso fan, it's not going to be pretty for these next three weeks, I would think. They're probably going to be waiting until Las Vegas before there might be any semblance of relief. Yeah, a really rough weekend so far for Aston Martin. And unfortunately for them, it's not over yet. They've got the race to come tomorrow as well. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to do partic- anything particularly well. I think both of them were out in Q1 yesterday as well. So they're going to they're gonna have to do a hell of a drive, even by Fernando Alonso's standards, to get any points tomorrow because they didn't get any points today either. They've not lost their fourth place in the Constructors to McLaren yet, but given how well the, one of the McLaren did at least today, uh, it's looking very likely they're going to lose that uh, fourth place in the Constructors tomorrow. But yeah, we'll move on next to the home driver, Logan Sargent, down in 19th. Really bad day for him in one of his home races against today. Alex Albon, though, went so close to a point in the sprint. Had it been to the top 10 for points, like it is in the race itself. He would have got some points today for 9th. He almost got 8th as well with George Russell's penalty. 
Very encouraging for him, given that this is a very much an all-round circuit, like we said, it tests every aspect of the car, and Williams genuinely looked great, especially in shootout qualifying as well. I think he qualified about eight for something like that on pure pace, so there is some pace in the car, and they could challenge for points tomorrow, potentially. Yeah, the signs are promising. He looks fairly good in the car. Obviously, unfortunately, Sargent is not so good, but yeah, Albon specifically, as you say, was just over 0.3 of a second off points, which is quite impressive, honestly. Uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, I think he'll be kicking himself a little bit because he's, I could have found 0.3 of a second over the course of that tw- uh, over the course of that 19 laps. And I don't think it was a fairly good performance. As you say, the, the car, I, I think this track suits the car a little bit. It's, it's nice and high speed for the most part. And the parts of the course that are lower speed, you're going so slowly that it doesn't really, it's not 90 degree turns, it's full almost double back double whacking yourself so it's you know it's all hairpin so i think it minimizes any damage that they have from the might have some deficiencies in their car performance but for the rest of the time it's you know it it seems to lend itself to their car fairly well and albon seems rejuvenated as we've said all season and he and he's doing a great job and it just seems to be working with it and that's promising for the race tomorrow as well but yeah it's a great performance today and I, i don't think he can feel that hard done by things go slightly differently and and he's and he's in the points there yeah definitely some encouragement for williams today not a lot of encouragement though for the Haas team i don't know why people have been backing them to do well this weekend i'll be honest i think we had it as a bold prediction at some point as well but obviously those are a bit tongue-in-cheek i think some pundits though have been saying that they could do quite well this weekend around Coats. I don't know why. They've always struggled with tyre wear. And the track temperatures today were very high. Hulkenberg down in 15th. Magnussen in 18th. Phil, I know it's a sprint race. It's quite quick. But I can't even remember seeing them today. So I'm not even sure what we can say about them, to be honest. If we hadn't heard, if we had heard from Gunther Steiner, that would have been the only appearance from uh, Haas the whole entire weekend so far. But uh, their livery is nice. That's one thing. I made a bold prediction on the qualifying, reg- on the regular qualifying show, and uh, I'm definitely going to miss that mark by about ten miles because they're nowhere. Um, I, I think the plus side for them is it's going to be so cold at Las Vegas. Maybe the tire deg won't be such an issue for them that there, but that's a month from now. But then they'll have graining issues and they'll have extreme graining issues. Their speed, we were talking about it, both Ruby and what do you call them? Why am I forgetting forgetting the names now? But we were talking about it on the show yesterday where the speed was, they had the fastest speed on straightaways yesterday by a bunch. Sophia, yeah, Sophia and Ruby were talking about that. And I'm like, it, it helps to a point. But then when you can't hold anybody off when you get on the brakes, that probably doesn't mean much. It's all for the course with Haas, the American team that really isn't an American team, but acting like one because they're in the circuit of the Americas. There's at least Andretti coming along, maybe. So maybe we'll have American representation soon. Yeah, not a good day for Haas in the home race. Likewise, another Ferrari customer team in Alfa Romeo today. Bottas, 16. Guan Yu Zhou, 17th after a penalty. I didn't even see what he got his penalty for, actually, to be honest. But I know he got one, but in the end, it didn't really make a difference. Again, a bit like Hasselwain. I don't really ever remember seeing the Alfa Romeos today. Yeah, just... I don't want to rag on them, but they're just completely inconsequential right now. Let's, they, they've almost assumed the spot of the, the bottom three uh, teams on the grid at this point have assumed the position of being 
like the 2010 teams like they just they very they sometimes peak up into the points but yeah they did basically nothing from start to finish the, the most impressive thing is that Guan Zhou qualified in 15th but that's about it he dropped back during the race as you say got a penalty but I don't remember I don't remember that happening and Bottas is in front of him I there's I'm struggling for things to say, but I think the fact that I, I can't find anything to say, even bad, really, it, it says a lot about how sort of inconsequential they are. Yeah, I'll give you an absolute stinker with that one. I don't even remember seeing them. If it was the full race, you'd see them in a pit stop or something, but we don't normally have pit stops in the sprints, so we didn't even see that with them. Anyway, moving on from those guys. We did see a bit of the AlphaTauris today, Phil. In particular, Daniel Ricciardo, he was really chasing down Esteban Ocon on the line. But very much a return to form for him. But it was good to see him out there and having missed five races or so with his, with his wrist injury. Good to see him out there and beating his teammate at the first opportunity. 12th for him. Sonoda 14. Poten- potentially points on the cards tomorrow for them. Yeah, I would, I would say considering how the weekend started for Danny Rick, it is one of his favorite places, one of his favorite tracks. I was saying that he was probably going to build into the weekend, and in this case, it, that has been that's how it's worked out. Going in, flirting with the points there. After going and being at starting tenth, yes, he lost positions, but you had some guys behind him that were were likely to go and overtake him, and so that's part of it. They. It's their pace has been on and on and off depending so depending on the circuit. I think for the full race distance, they have a chance to go and sneak a point, and every point counts for them trying to get out of the bottom of the table. Uh, Ricardo wants to get the point. It's been how many races since he's been in the car? Who is he really battling against? We've been talking about how Williams or half of Williams, you have Haas and Alfa Romeo are generally non-existent. So it's really going to be based on reliability. And as I always like to reference with the Alpine, they're always the one that always comes through for us when it comes to reliability or lack thereof. So we'll see how they play a role in this race. And Ocon was the battle he had there. But I think for Alpha Tori, that's their hope is over the full race distance that they can have the better pace or better reliability and they could possibly sneak a point out of Sunday. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible for them. They just gotta finish simple as that and hope that a few of the guys ahead of them retire so they can go up the order a little bit. Yeah, Ricardo definitely embracing the culture when it comes to Texas, which is known as the Lone Star State. However, if you want to give us five stars, you can head over to Apple Music or Spotify right now and give us a five-star reviews on those. It really does help us out. Like I always say, helps us climb the ranking, helps more people get the show. And we are here for every qualifying, every sprint race, every actual race. It's very late in the UK right now because of the session times, but we're here, as always, to review the action. We'll be here tomorrow as well for the race itself. But yeah, Phil gave a little mention to Alpine there. A better day for them today, to be fair. Gazi looked absolutely on it. He ended up seventh today, got a couple of points. Ocon couldn't really get around Piastri, but like the qualifying performances, they are where you expect them to be. And it's fair enough, at least they're doing what they should be, at least what we expect them to be doing this weekend so far. Yeah, they've stemmed the bleeding from the... from If this were the mid-season Alpine, they'd have both gone out somehow. 
but yeah, Alpine, sorry, the, yeah, Gasly getting a couple of points. Alcon, unfortunately, not able to get round Piastri. I think if, sorry, excuse me, if Gasly had been a bit luckier, he might have been able to, he might have been able to even steal something else as well. But I think he, he just got, with the way he got held up, it wasn't great. It seems like a, a move in the right direction now that they've got, <laughs> after their sort of a week of having that celebrity investment. Yeah, I think it's, they're in a, like I think I've said before, but they're in a holding pattern really where they can nab a couple of points. Um, particularly in the sorry particularly in these sprint races but yeah they're so far away that they've been inconsequential which is a shame so i think it's very much a 2024 thing here you got to take the wins when you get them and obviously this is going to be pretty good advertising and they got them on got some tv time which is quite nice yeah definitely no lack of uh, tv time for the alpine drivers today particularly gasly with some of the moves we've gotten in but yeah we'll move on next to mclaren who Again, another team had a bit of sweet day today. Lando Norris up in fourth. Could have potentially have overtaken Leclerc for a podium had he not got hold up, held up by Sainz. But Sainz doing a great job holding up Lando Norris, his former teammate. Um, Piastri, oh, he looked like he was going to do something good today. But I don't know whether it was damage off the start from Sainz or, or he knackered his tyres out with trying to defend from... I can't remember who. I, I think it might have been Sainz, actually. But yeah... Uh, the end result makes it meant that he dropped out of the points, went down to 10. Probably hoping for a little bit more, Phil, but the fact that Aston Martin is so far off the pace, like we just said, probably means that McLaren are going to overtake this week anyway. Yeah, I'd say for Piastri, it's been what if so far this weekend. Pace hasn't been where he wants it to be. Lando pulled it out in qualifying on Friday evening to get the front row start and then ends up flirting with a podium in the sprint here. And the, the for a good amount of the day, it didn't look like first on, on Friday, it didn't look like McLaren was going to be a McLaren weekend. Lando comes through and, and puts it together. And now as this weekend has gone on, he has continued to show as of now why he's the pseudo number one. It's been a lot of energy with Piastri and how he's, he won the sprint at Qatar and putting and making all these great performances. Now it looks like this is a weekend for Lando trying to go and get a podium on Sunday to go and uh, match up with how he has been performing this weekend. It looks like he's feeling very good with the car. I don't think they're worried about Aston Martin. I think they're better. They're more worried about battling the likes of Lewis and the Ferraris with operator definitely played a role in both of their races uh, today's, even though it's one of uh, Lando's BFFs definitely affected him in trying to go and get that podium. And then Oscar Piastri wasn't uh, able to uh, move forward because of the man for the driver for Ferrari, but good night, uh, good day. I think uh, coming for them on Sunday in the race for both McLaren drivers. I certainly hope so. We'll see what happens. I, I think that I think they're in for a good result as well tomorrow. Wasn't really expecting too much out of this weekend, if I'm being totally honest for McLaren, but again, to prove me wrong in a good way for once, as they've done a number of times this season, I should say. Next up, we've got Mercedes. Again, as <laughs> very mixed fortunes today. Sir Lewis Hamilton getting a great start off the line. Some question marks around his overtake for Leclerc, but he was Pastor's okay for that, and I think that was fair enough, given they didn't really have anywhere to go. He actually challenged Max Verstappen in the opening stages as well. Did fall off eventually. I think Verstappen won by about eight seconds in the end, but Hamilton for a long time was the only guy who could keep 
anywhere near Max in the early stages. Uh, George Russell, he did get punished for an overtake off the track. They ended up dropping down to eighth and just a single point for him at the end of the day. How do you feel about this one as a Mercedes fan away and come after, after today? We've obviously got the race tomorrow. Do you think that Hamilton potentially could maybe challenge Verstappen like he did in the the opening stages of this one? It's a very clear step in the right direction. Mercedes obviously have brought an upgrade this weekend and it's, and it's clearly made a difference. I think Russell only lost one place as a result of that penalty. But obviously, you don't want to get it. I'd be slightly more concerned about the fact that he couldn't seem to get past Sainz when Sainz had very clearly ailing soft tyres. That That's more of a worry to me. But for the most part, I think very clear that this is a Mercedes that is pretty good now and is probably around the average level of where the, of where the McLaren is. I don't think it's possible to challenge the Red Bull of Max Verstappen, really. I think early on in the stint, obviously you saw Lewis keeping keeping check with, with Verstappen, and but the gap seemed quite variable. It'd be half a second at one point and then 1.2 seconds. So I don't know whether that's just where they were on the track or maybe some transponder issues or anything like that. What you did see to, see to happen uh, over the stint uh, a bit longer, over the longer part of the stint, sorry, is that the gap would increase and then it would plateau and then it would increase again and there was a, and, and that was a steady thing up to the best part of nine and a half seconds by the end of the race. So I, unfortunately, I don't think there's the ability over a longer stint. I think Verstappen and the Red Bull has so much pace in hand that they can drive within it. I know there were some drivability issues that Verstappen seemed to have, but for the most part, I think, yeah, the Mercedes, it's very clear a step in the, the right direction. It's promising for the races to come, promising for the next year as well. But obviously, it's it's very it's quite clearly just a step behind that Red Bull still. Yeah, that's fair enough. I honestly, I keep forgetting that Stafford's starting from sixth place tomorrow because of the qualifying <laughs> on Friday. Uh, both Mercedes are actually starting ahead of Verstappen, but how long that'll stay in the race is another thing. And we're going to talk about Red Bull now as well, actually. Phil, Stafford just on another level, like he usually is, from pole, gets a big win, gets a big lead. How do you rate Sergio Perez today, though? Obviously, made some overtakes, got up to fifth. He is in the fastest car on the grid, but at the same time, definitely wasn't his worst day today. He's looking better than he has. I was looking at the Formula One website and they had some stats and news whatever kind of like quick bites and they said that it's most more points he scored in this sprint than he's had in the prior two sprints combined so that's a plus 22 seconds behind your teammate is not great but when you consider relative to the rest of the field because it is really the rest of the field behind you know who it's 13 seconds uh, between himself and Lewis Hamilton, who was in second. We knew once if you gave first stop in a clear track, he was going to get away. So that's what he did, even though he did have to work for it for once. And when he does have to work for it, he does make mistakes. But when he doesn't have to, then he goes and gets away and he controls the race the way he usually does. Um, in terms of Perez, though, we'll see what he does tomorrow. I think that's the bigger question, what he can do over a full race distance. Can he actually maintain? Can he go and overtake? It's been an issue for him recently. I brought up, I don't know if I brought it up within the chat or if I brought it up on the in the show yesterday where I feel like in a lot of ways, Checo has become a lot like Valtteri Bottas at times during his stay at Mercedes where it looked like he couldn't do anything with the car. 
while Lewis was doing uncommon things or whatever, just doing amazing things. And then he, and then you had Valter, you couldn't overtake or couldn't qualify well or whatever. It has a lot of the same characteristics here on top of the fact that they're trying to run up, run him out the door for what, for all the situation, all the stuff he's going through, I give him credit. He's doing, he's handling it at least PR wise or whatever he's doing PR wise, he's handling it way better than that is what it is. Hopefully we'll see what they do, what he does tomorrow in the race, if he can, because he wants to have good momentum going into his home Grand Prix. Yeah, obviously. And of course, Sergio Perez will want to win his home Grand Prix, which I severely hope he does, but I also don't think it's going to happen. And we'll give a mention to the last team on, I've got on my list here, Ferrari. Charles Leclerc very nearly got the lead of the race at the start. He might feel a little grieved, perhaps, but he's being totally honest with himself, just thinking, oh, I could have maybe done it, but the staff had a very uh, strong defence from him there, ended up finishing his third place. Carlos Sainz, though, Owain, started on the soft tyres, the only guy to do this race on the soft tyres. I actually think, in the circumstances, he did a standout job to finish sixth because there were times during that sprint race that he was sinking like a stone and looking like he was going to drop out of the points altogether. Yeah, he did some really good turn management, to be honest. Like I say, the fact that he held Russell behind after Russell was quite spirited and his intact. I think it says a lot, but yeah, as you say, there was a period of time where I think they just started to go off and maybe I guess he got used to a certain way of driving around the track that would get them the maximum lap time that he could at that point. And that just that just didn't happen, but he just went backwards, as you say, and Perez got past him very easily. I think Norris did too. But apart from that, you'd expect him. It's entirely possible if that had got any worse or maybe if it had been a little bit hotter, they probably wouldn't have chosen the soft tire in that case, but he could have ended up out of the points. So he didn't. He did a pretty masterful drive, to be honest with you. He's ended up back where he started, which isn't obviously great. But I, I think, it, as you say, it could have been a lot worse. And the fact that he's managed to do that is is quite impressive. Yeah, definitely. And it, it'll help them in their battle with uh, Mercedes as well. Ferrari and Mercedes locked in a battle at the moment. For, uh, so it's huge for both of those guys. And it's going to be interesting to see who gets the upper hand with that. Charles Leclerc starting on pole tomorrow as well. So... Looking like Ferrari will get a big haul of points, but Mercedes are up there too, so it's it's going to be an interesting one for sure. I want to give a mention as well to the sprint as a whole. Uh, now, I don't I don't know what the reaction's really been here in the UK. I think it's a bit like that's another sprint race. It's not a huge deal, but I think they probably want to have a sprint race around Cota for the American audience. So we have an American on the panel, Phil. What's your reaction to uh, the sprint race being a code? So do you think it suits the track well? Do you think it was a good choice to have a sprint race here in Texas? I I think for the track, it, it's fine because you're able to overtake and there are, there's degradation because of the track surface, the temperatures being as hot as they can be in, in Austin. Me personally, as a, Formula One fan in general and being a fan long before Drive to Survive ever was a thing, I'm not a fan of sprint races, but I think there are plenty of people who are. I don't know what the crowd, it it looks like from what I read, whether it's on Motorsport or on F1, not on F1, but on Motorsport or Racer, I don't think Bobby Epstein, who runs Coda, says that there's been any real difference in uh, ticket sales or attendance because they're having a sprint this year relative to last year, which was probably one of the hot, most well-attended Grand Prix ever 
in, in probably the most well-attended Grand Prix in the history of United States Grand Prix, all the different iterations of them. For me, I, you can take it or leave it. I especially can take it or leave it if it's going to be this late in the day. They could get the race on done earlier in the day and do us all a favor, especially for you guys having to do this in the middle of the night. Spin races, to me, the way they have them in Formula One, do make no... I don't understand what the purpose of them are is in the first place. I really don't understand them in MotoGP, and they make them do that every single race. There, it, it. If you told me there was more points involved, if they were get, getting separate tire allocation, if you're getting a separate power unit so that they could run full force, then maybe I could see the purpose of it, but I don't get why we have sprint races at all unless there's some sort of like metric where they say that we need to have Saturday action at racetracks, which I think there's plenty of fan bases that know what a Formula One weekend is and we all look forward to Sunday. That's when it matters anyways. We'll watch qualifying till we know what the inevitable is and then we'll watch the race because that's what we always do. Yeah, we'll we'll complain about Formula One all we want, but we'll still watch it at the end of the day because we love it. <laughs> that's just the way it is. No, that that's all good points, Phil. And I think I heard as well during the coverage of this race that there's going to be going to be good at 440,000 people over the weekend, which is just ridiculous, really. And I know they say everything's bigger in Texas, but that is an insane crowd by anybody's standards. Actually, speaking of bit slightly bigger in Texas, I believe that the track has been increased a little bit in size today compared to yesterday, Owen. Something that some people might have missed. I believe the track limits in certain places, I think it's turn 19, that they've changed the track limits to allow drivers to run off more. But that's changing the circuit from one day to another. And then there's, then there's the question, are they going to change it back? Because they had qualifying for Sunday's race on Friday with the track being slightly different. It's just a, it's a very odd situation. Uh, I, it's difficult to think of analogies for this. I have a major, a bit of an issue with it, really. Because obviously we've had a change during the competitive sessions of the weekend. And to be honest with you, I think it's a little, I, I dislike the kind of where that leads and the philosophy behind it. Because clearly what the FIA is saying by having painted, it's turn 19, turn 12, sorry, yeah, turn 19, turn 12 and turn 9, I believe, have sections of the exit curbs which have wider white lines now. Obviously the track is they're very much climbed down on the track of being defined by the white lines but now i guess we're just widening white lines so the issue for me is that it's as you say we've qualified on the friday evening with a certain set of track limits if you could go as so far as to say that because they've also encroached inwards that does change the, t the lap distance around for that's fine for the sprint shooter and the sprint race but then we're now wor we're working on a different a different track configuration very slightly and i know it sounds like i'm being nitpicky but to be honest we're, we're dealing with things that go down into the thousands of a second so i'm going to be nitpicky that's a different track configuration and it's a different thing that it's arguably you could go so far as to say it's a different safety thing i, I don't believe that's the case but there's a certain amount of it where the, the drivers are getting their eye in on the friday with one set of things and then they're qualifying for on, on a circuit that is very slightly but fundamentally different from the one that they'll be racing with on sunday so are they going to change it back are they going to paint black over those white lines over the widened parts of the white lines to bring it back how they qualified on friday or it's a very much akin to 
it, it, it'd almost be like playing the first half on a game of football with a certain size pitch and then repainting the lines at half time. That wouldn't be on to have a slightly smaller pitch for whatever reason, maybe the or slightly larger because I don't know, the players can't keep the ball in play. Um, I think this is the FIA responding to the fact that the drivers won't not sorry, the drivers are clearly abusing track limits and won't slow down to the point that we're getting a lot of pings up and a lot of people being investigated for track limits infringements rather than just going, but you can just drive slower and the problem will police itself by that. I think the fact that they're just deferring and making these changes clearly shows that the drivers are in control and the teams are in control, therefore, of what is the defined field of play. And I'm not sure I like that where that leads. No, it's very much a slippery slope and you summed it up very well there. And to be honest with you, I think this reeks of a situation where the stewards don't want to repeat of what happened in Austria, where we had thousands of track infringements and dozens of penalties for hours after the race. So much so that our grid taught live, a lot of the positions that uh, we gave, we read out for the drivers would turn out to be wrong as it turned out because they all changed. I think they're just wanting, uh, don't want a repeat of that situation. But of course, they'll never say that. They'll never say that. But that is probably why. Let's be real here. But yeah, so let's go for our driver. I don't know what driver of the day, the star of the sprint. I don't know what we want to call it, but the best driver in the sprint today, basically, who we who impressed us the most. And I'm going to give it to Alexander Albon because I think he had a standout day today on the whole. Did really great in qualifying. So close to a point in that Williams when he really should not be getting a point around that circuit. I'll be honest with you. I did not expect him to get that close. So who's your driver of the day for today? I'm gonna go with uh and it's not bias i'm just gonna go for it i'm gonna say lewis because he actually made the guy work where he actually had to go and think about things for once so it was nice it is one of his favorite racetracks we all know it it's he loves coming to the states it's one of i mean statistically what track really isn't a good track for lewis but this is definitely one of them and he's been at a feeling a different way, different energy about him this whole weekend. He was spending a lot of time with the ladies of the academy, working with them and going and supporting them. He's been in a great mindset this whole weekend, got to put a good qualifying run together for the race, for the Sunday race, puts himself in position today. Not going to win tomorrow unless a miracle happens, it's fine. But I'll take this, considering how it's been for a good part of the last two years and for going back a little bit further than that with the nonsense that's gone on. I'll take this kind of weekend so far and hope for a little bit more tomorrow with another podium finish. Yeah, Hamilton's record around Kota is stellar even by his standards. He's got a podium every race there except for one. And that, and he continues that today. He got second place in the sprint. Owen, who's your driver of the day today? I'm calling them the the resplendent driver of the race, just because I, I, it slightly irks me that they won't call the sprint race a sprint race. No, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with George Russell, who I'm sure will ruffle some feathers. But I think he did a really good job to start from 11th and then get up to. Uh, I guess it was a net, uh, obviously it's a net eighth, but it was seventh on the road, and that was fairly decent to me. I think that's the the, the greatest position gain of anyone on the field. That's that's usually what I try and measure it by obviously he did pass off the track but but apart from that i think he did a fair he, he couldn't really do that much wrong 
Yeah, and he, and he did that all while having the the entire Mercedes pit wall in his ear as part of it. For some reason, it made radio was malfunctioning, and he was getting all the frequencies from the pit walls. I can't imagine how distracted that must have been. There we go. I will give you guys a chance to plug your outlets as well. Phil, I mentioned at the start of the show that you were a member of the Grip Strip podcast. Where is what is that, and where can people find it? Thank you, as always, George. Grip Strip podcast. We're on anywhere you can. See or hear podcasts. You can see it on YouTube at Grifter Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts and anywhere, Amazon. You can follow it. I try to go and put a link in my Twitter because now in searching through my own feeds, I haven't, we haven't been seeing any of the recent episodes popping up, which is always convenient. But basically, if it goes fast, we talk about it on the Grifter Podcast. Myself and Josh are fine. We're episode. We're 191 episodes. We'll be doing 192 this coming week, talking about the U.S. Grand Prix, F1 Academy. We'll also be talking about Jamie Chadwick because she's staying in Indy next, and she's been spending a lot of time at the at Coda this weekend supporting the ladies, and we'll be talking about her as well and everything else going on in the world of motorsports. That's where you can go and listen to, of course, NFL football, which is where you get, look at Charles Leclerc's helmet. That's akin to why he has his helmet that way. He doesn't know why he did it that way for his 100th Formula Ferrari race, but it worked out that way. Always things bigger in Texas and cool helmets and everything like that. But thanks to you, George and Owain and to Lance Strolovich, who was in the background, but such a great name. It's hard for me not to go and screw up but thank you all and always love being here on the grid talk podcast and it's always great having you on phil thanks for joining us as always definitely go check out those guys shows phil gave a little mention to formula academy which is back this weekend and code so it's been going on for uh today and yet uh, tomorrow as well and that's covered in formula talk which wayne's going to give a little speak a little plug for now yeah formula talk is hosted by sophia richmond and tom downey and but it basically uh, it goes through uh, the feeder series uh, on the road up to F1. So we're talking F2, F3, F1 Academy, I believe Indy Next as well. And they do a great job. And you can find that wherever you find Grid Talk. Yeah, definitely go check those guys' shows out. And we'll be back for the, the F2 finale as well in Abu Dhabi at the end of the season. as still a race to go with that. We'll give a mention as well to my football website, footballchronicle.com, where you can go and check out any opinions that I have on the world of football. I'll be doing a weekly piece this week about Sir Bobby Charlton. Unfortunately, he's passed away today. Those who know football know that he was an absolute legend. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing a piece about just how incredible a footballer he was and how he fully deserves his reputation as England's one of England's finest of all time, without a doubt. And I will mention as well that Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live, just like this one, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, verbal pocket casts just search for Formula on grid talk on all of those for our big catalog of shows which it's over 300 episodes strong now and yeah you can check up all those those include all the previews the reviews of the qualifying the sprints the races we normally go about out about an hour or so after the session happens itself this time we're going out a little bit sooner about half an hour because it's so late it's just past one o'clock in the morning here in the uk for those that are listening live really do appreciate it and yeah, be sure to follow us on our brand new socials as well at Grid Talk UK on everywhere you can find at Symbol. That's Twitter, Reds, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can find us on all of those. We're, we're everywhere on the, on the socials for them. And uh, yeah, I want to thank my 
Alice, as always, for joining us tonight. No problem at all. And yet, we're going to be back tomorrow on Sunday to review the Grand Prix race itself. That'll be live from half past 10 in the evening, British summer time. That's half. That's 5.30 Eastern time, 4.30 Central time, the local time for the track. Thank you very much for listening to Grid Talk. Gents, bye, bet online, and goodbye.